Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. We got a special episode with a special guest. We're very excited to talk about everything that's happening in the world of baseball. Good, bad, ugly, fun, and other stuff. Ah! Ran out of one adjective. Adjective? All right. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. My name is Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake. We got Trevor coming from California, producer Bug Bug Dude in the corner, and special guest from The Athletic joining us today, Brett Drolly. Hey. Hello. What? It's like magic, magically appearing. It's, yeah. very, it's a very cool effect. <laughs> I had, a, I had no idea there was going to be a musical component to this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to dance a little, make oh, we, sure you're in the mood. <laughs> we sing the whole episode, so yeah. I hope you're prepared. <laughs> it's like, like it's, the, it's Hamilton. I have, an, I have an atrocious voice, but I'm a scream talker, so I'm here. I'm okay. Ready. That's Jake. Yeah. yeah. He's an atrocious singing voice, but he sings all the time. <laughs> it, it's a, Hamilton meets baseball is what we're doing here. Britt, how are you doing? Uh, you just got to spring training. I just found out you're a Connecticut person, so I'm all jazzed up on that. Go green, go white. Give me everything. How are you? Give me everything. Yeah, I got to spring training. Uh, found out a little late that I actually can't get into camp without a 24-hour notice. So taking a beach day down here, yes. get a little tan. Went definitely in Florida, guys. I went to the gym this morning, and I walked in. I, I'm all masked up already, you know, basically drinking hand sanitizer. And the, the, the bro who, like, checked me in is like, hey, this is Florida. Like, take that off. And I'm like, oh, what are your COVID protocols? He's like, wash your hands and walks away. <laughs> Huge, man. Huge. It's different. Yeah, and then you're you gonna you're gonna have to tweet. Traffic <laughs> a protein shake. Wow, you're gonna have to start tweeting about if you haven't already about how bad the traffic is and the drivers are yes. in Florida, which I partake in that when I'm down there as well because it is crazy how bad they are at traffic. <laughs> it's awful. Like, it, well, I mean, like the Tamiami Trail. All the years I cover the Orioles is like the bane of my existence. Like nobody, nobody knows where they're going. Nobody knows how to. Is any kind of rush? It's awful. Would it's you awful. would you rather drive on that? Not great either. Would you rather drive on that or ninety five? Ooh, God, that's close. Ninety five is awful as well. The George W. Bridge. I think if we're counting that bridge. Then I would rather I drive down here. At least it's sunny down here, and people are a little nicer, as you guys know. That whole New England thing. Everyone's flipping you off, cutting you off. Uh, no one is very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I had to explain to my wife that New Jersey and New York are honk first states. Like, you know, their first reaction is to honk at you. Then they'll apologize and be like, oh, my bad, my bad, or something like that. But, you know, it's a honk first state. Like, don't take it personally. <laughs> People are just yeah, going to honk no matter what. I'm yeah. so glad you said that because I, my husband and I get into this all the time. He's in New Orleans and it's more like, oh, whatever. They just cut me off. And I'm like, beep your horn. That's why it was created. Like, yeah. To beep your horn. Yeah. He's like, no, it's created for accidents. When you're in an accident, you beep your horn. I'm like, no, no, no. You beep <laughs> your horn when someone does you wrong. Yeah. You beep yeah. your horn when someone does some, anything. Like, that's just what you do. Maybe it is a Connecticut thing, a New England thing. Yeah, um, you know, I have to deal with Trev. you guys all the time, you Northeasterners. You guys are a little bit more rude than yeah. us down here in California. It's okay. okay. We're just not passive is the other way to say it. Places to be, man. Okay, I'll give that to you. Yes, we are aggressive-aggressive. There is no passive. <laughs> Britt, I have a question for you right right away. Do you hate Britneys that are N-E-Y at the end, or are you still bonded with them? Uh, that's an excellent question. I don't mind the N-E-Ys. The N-I's, I'm kind of skeptical of. Mm. I really also, the thing I tell my parents all the time is, like, could you have named me something a little more professional? 
like as soon as I was coming up, we have Britney Spears, right, with Baby One More Time. And it's, it, do you know any older Britneys? Is anyone's grandma named Britney? Uh, my parents almost named me Tiffany, which is also the same kind of, basically the same mm, name. Yeah. Either Goodness. way, and this is why I go by Brit a lot, it just sounds like more like, oh, cool, there's Brit over there. Britney's just not a, like, take me seriously name, right? It's like, oh, there's that girl over there. What is she doing? Like, no, no one knows. Mm. It's just, I, my poor mom is probably, if she figured out YouTube, is probably watching this upset because I go over this all the time. We but have, what's, what's the male equivalent? A better. <laughs> the male equivalent of a Britney? Uh, Trevor. Is it Chad now? Trevor. Okay. No, it's not on the level of Chad. No, not Chad even and close. Karen are tough right now. Like, yeah. Chad and Karen. I think Trevor, are different issues. I think Trevor's the comp. Jake's a dog's name. Um, I mean, my name's not great. I gotta be. We honest have someone you. on this podcast that loves looking at the trending charts of names, and that someone's <laughs> that's someone's me. You. That's you. Uh, Brittany was in the top ten from 1987 until 1998. Wow. So that's a, what a run. That's a popular name. It's a great it's a good run. run. Like the whole run. 90s. It was a yeah. good run. Thank yeah. you to Britney Spears. But then the downfall, you know, once it started getting associated with that, I think, you know. Yeah. Free Britney. But she's Free N-E-Y. Britney. So you're good. You're good. She you're is. Good. She is. You're good. Well, I, <laughs> Brit, I think we're going to go to a little more serious twist for a second. Um, you were all over in uh, the Mickey Calloway story, and it's still going. Uh, I know the... The press conference just happened with uh, what's his name, the guy on the Blue Jays now, um, yeah, Ross At- Ross Atkins. He just came out with his press conference. So, I mean, where where are we at with that? Are are we waiting for more news to break on that, or, or kind of what's next? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I hope what's next is all these nice words of "we're gonna do better," "we're gonna change this." Actually, happens. Um, maybe what's next is Mickey Calloway they reach a resolution because it's been over a month. Yeah. Um, I, I will say this. I've had the kind of, I've just been wondering you guys in, in your experience, whether it's steroids or the Astros cheating or this Callaway stuff, has there ever been an investigation where we learn something new? <laughs> no, <laughs> I tweeted that out. As soon as they said, we're going to investigate Mickey Callaway. I think that was my exact tweet. Like MLB <laughs> has never said we're going to investigate something and come away with new information. Like the Astros thing, all they had to do was open their inbox because the A, the Rays and the Yankees, and there's another team that I'm blanking on. The A's, no. Dodgers? Dodgers had been sending proof and examples and complaints for three seasons. So like, we're going to start an investigation. Like, okay, open up your inbox. And I guarantee it's the same thing here. Right. Ask anyone on the 2019 Nationals who had to change their signs a million times. You know, I was there that year. There were so many rumors that these guys are cheating. Just nobody could nail down exactly how. So I actually saw Yankee scouts showed me their phone uh, and all the pictures of Minute Maid Park that they took and sent to the front office. And I asked, can I send those to the public? And they said, no, because they're going to know it came from us. So like, this is something that teams have been doing forever, sending proof that the Astros were cheating. And the investigation just confirmed what the athletic broke. And same thing here. Right. And the same thing with steroids. They were never like, Oh, you know what? You know what? 10 guys were named that did steroids, but in fact, we found 50, right? That just didn't happen. In, In fact, it was the opposite of that. So um, I don't hold out too much hope just based on precedent that they're going to find like this whole, oh, it wasn't just Mickey Calloway. It was everywhere. And I think we all know it's everywhere. It's not just a Mickey Calloway thing. 
what I liked today that Ross Atkins was saying was, you know, he took accountability. He said he was sorry for his involvement in it. And he also said, like, we have to get better. We're too all white. We're too all male. We're too all of one thing, which I think people reading that should hopefully realize is it wasn't just this one incident with Mickey Calloway, right? It was the the fact that people didn't really know that was wrong. Like People didn't really consult with other people to be like, yeah, that's actually an issue that's been happening for years. Like there's a difference between having an extramarital affair and what Mickey Calloway was doing. And I don't know if a few years ago, people really realized that there was. So hopefully we're getting there. Hopefully it's not just like empty hollow words. I will say I'm a little disappointed that as a league, they come out really strong and you know, um, What's his name? Joe Kelly hits someone in the head. It's like an immediate one month suspension. MLB says, that's it. The next person who does it's in trouble. Um, but why couldn't they say this with Mickey Calloway? Like, that's it. The next person who does this is in trouble. What is so gray area about this issue? Because to me, it's pretty black and white to not harass women. Yeah. Dave, MLB, I mean, we can just go over how, how long you got because we got a <laughs> list of things that they just don't do well. And we talk about that all the time on our on our pod here. And like you're right, Mickey Calloway is not an isolated incident. I, you know, however many minor league teams there are, and minor league coaches, and major league coaches, and and shit, shit players too. I mean, this is something that, that that needs to be changed throughout the entire system. So it's right. not just the Mickey Calloway thing. It's it's like you said, it needs a whole a whole shift in the way we think about things. One hundred percent. Well, not even just baseball. Just kind of like oh yeah, of course, guys, locker rooms and clubhouses from high school on. And maybe you give teenagers a pass because they're learning and they're growing and they're dumb teenagers. But when that same attitude and mentality stays the same, which is, you know, bad then, but when that stays the same in 30-year-old, 40-year-old men, 50-year-old, 60-year-old men, and they're still treating their environment like they're 13-year-olds who are just, like, going through puberty for the first time and full of all these hormones, like, it's, like, gross. That's, like, so it's not even a baseball thing. It's kind of just like a, we need a re-culture, like, boys and boyhood and that clubhouse and what stays in the clubhouse. No, treat every room you're in like it's the same room you're in anywhere is like what I would try to say to young kids. Right. It just feels like, and I think people are always, the first thing they go to is, as Trevor mentions, like the, the players. And it's actually, in my opinion, in my, I can only speak for myself. In my own personal experience, the players have caught on and caught up to the times quicker than other areas of the sport, quicker than some coaches minor leagues, um, you know, some, some people in the front office. Um, so I think in my experience anyway, by the time players get to the big leagues, they've, they've interacted with enough females in clubhouses. They've, you know, the guys coming up, especially now kind of get it um, more so than other areas. And it's crazy to me. What I didn't realize until this whole shit hit the fan was that the players get sexual harassment training, but the front office and teams weren't required to, and that should say everything, I guess, right there. Um, now it's going to change, oh, obviously. Yeah. But in my experience, players have been largely allies. Um, and it's the rest of the sport that kind of needs to catch up. I'm hoping that's kind of a youth thing. You know, like as generations turn, our young our youngsters are just being more aware and not being groomed in the same fashion that the other, you know, the older guys are. But that's insane that you just said. That's why we're talking about it right yeah. here, because we're getting the message out. Then young kids who watch our show understand stuff like this. I mean, yeah. It is the younger guys are better with it. And all players do go through these these uh, sessions we have them during spring training. Sometimes they pop up during the year as well. So it's definitely something that uh, the Players Association has done and, and tried to 
you know, change that culture. Yeah. No. And I'm, I don't know if you know this, Britt, but so I have the Rangers probably on the top of my worst run organizations list. And there's some a little bit of bias yeah, because okay. they treated me poorly. Yeah. But the Angels are fast approaching that number one slot for a variety of reasons, not just the Mickey Kelly. So if you need me to get on the train and just go after the Angels, I am I am your guy. <laughs> you're you're driving. Right. Um I, I agree with you. I think like listen, like they had the lawsuit with the clubby going, right? They have everything with Tyler Skaggs. Um part of the reason that this is taking so long with Callaway is the angels are letting MLB investigate and they're not doing it for themselves. And obviously we know they don't want to pay what's left of his salary. So now we're putting a price on sexual harassment, really. Right. Like, yeah, you know what though? We still owe him 900 K like what, um, you know, these are billion dollar organizations. So yes. yeah, I agree with you. I think you guys should do a whole episode on like worst organizations, like worst run organizations. I mean, it's pretty much all we do out of town. However, like it's not very hard to come up with at least the top five. It's not very hard to be like, yeah, this team, this team, this team, this team. A lot of them are in the AL West, unfortunately. Yeah, we did um like an agent survey at the athletic. And we did like 30 agents that we spoke to. And it was like, where do you not want your clients to end up? And Oakland was a big one. Um, Texas, though, <laughs> people had mentioned like the way it was handled, the way people were treated. So I've heard that before too. So it, it, it's interesting yeah. to see what the agents say where they're like, you know what? I want my client in the big leagues, but shit, does it have to be here? I right? don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. the. Yeah. I don't know about the culture of Oakland, but I'm guessing that agents don't want their guys ending up on a team that doesn't spend any money. So maybe that's mm -hmm. the, why they're the forefront and not bad culture. So, uh, but maybe, I don't know, but uh, that's a very it's interesting. I'd love to see the results. Culture, of it. It's not a culture thing in Oakland, like as far as kind of what we've been talking about. It's more like the facilities are bad. They'll platoon you like that. You know what I mean? So like yeah. your bats could go mm. down. And yeah, if you do perform there, it's not like they're going to, you know, write you a check. They're going to ship you out and then you have to figure it all out again. So it's, there's a lot of things that, but the, like I said, the angels, man, they are like right, right there on the, the, <laughs> the step of number one of worst run organizations. And Perry yeah. is a former clubby. He started out as a clubby and he's not stepping in for Bubba and this whole pine tar situation. It, it really pisses me off. And obviously Skaggs, as you can see right above my shoulder here, that's a big part of the reason why I hate them too. So, Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you should just do a whole like Trevor shit list episode and just be like you know what this, this organization sucks this organization sucks. uh because there are there's like a big difference i don't think people realize until you talk to guys who like get traded for the first time and they're like whoa like yes. i i guess you think right as a player the first place you're at you're like this is it this is the big mm -hmm. league and you think that that's it everywhere whether it's good or bad like guys who got traded out of baltimore i remember talking to zach Britton and, and him being like holy shit like this is the, the yankees is like a totally different world totally different yeah. galaxy um, and I think it's like that for all players when they get traded, what, you know, to another team, they're like, whoa, this is actually run better or it's run much worse or I'm treated better or worse. Um, it's 100%. not just this even playing field that I think people imagine, like I'm in the big leagues, like, dude, it depends, like, dude, you're in Tampa Bay. Like, does yeah. that really count? Compared yeah. to some of these other organizations, you know? And <laughs> um, we're Yankees fans, so we're getting ripped on for bringing the Yankees up all the time, but you brought it up first, Britt, so I'll add on to it. CC Sabathia, Sabathia always says to other team, other players on his podcast, like, you're not in the big leagues until you're on the Yankees. I'm sure there's other teams out there that he didn't play on, but he played with Cleveland, he played with Milwaukee, and then he played with the Yankees, and he was like, you know, yes. the food I eat, the hotels I stay at, 
yeah. the, the quality of care for my family and my children. Like, no, like he was like, I, I don't experience this. And then I know that the Yankees bullpen coach, uh, Mike Harkey, he went and was the Diamondbacks pitching coach for a little bit. And he was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, he was like, I upgraded in job. I downgraded in quality of job. <laughs> yeah. So he came yeah. back to be the bullpen coach. So, yeah, it's, it's wild. You would think that it's much more even of a playing field. Yeah, you would. I remember like one the, the Yankees had like an off day early on and Britain was like, yeah, you know, in Baltimore, you hang out, you go to a restaurant. And I think it was Sabathia who like rented a plane and they went to like the Bahamas for the day. Like, <laughs> whoa, you're not, like easy Dorothy. Like you're not in fucking Kansas yeah. anymore. You well, know, the, like, the big thing, totally <laughs> the big thing with Britain was the Orioles made him pay for daycare. Like he had to pay them oh, for them to watch his kids. And he was like, the Yankees like have a nice daycare and we don't have to pay for it. Just plus and we were laughing like that's why he signed back with us like if that's what it takes <laughs> Dude, right it's I'm like not gonna the, name the organization i think right trevor like everyone's making good money in the big leagues it's like the amenities and feeling like you matter like the big thing with the nationals that you know the players and anthony rendon spoke out against was they made the wives fly commercial for the world series it was like a big deal for the playoffs oh. and finally they got another plane for the world series the players were pissed it's like you make the world series and now your families have to coordinate like with kids and commercial flights and stuff like that. And having another plane like the Dodgers do all year for their significant others, that's a big deal to people. It just makes their Wait, life. They, all, they have a plane for their significant others all year? Yeah, they can come back. The rule is they can come back, travel back to LA with them. <laughs> travel like, back, okay, trip. yes. Travel yeah. back is normal. Travel back is pretty good. I'm yeah. not going to name the organization, but there was one organization that had daycare, and that's a huge thing for families. I mean – God bless baseball wise. They have to put up with so much stuff. I know like, you know, there's some good things about it, but man, it's a lot. This organization would uh, end the daycare like strictly at 10 o'clock or like nine 45. The game's still going on. Like they have to go get the kids. And then, then what? Like why not just stay to the end of the game? And it's one of those things like, I don't understand, but yeah, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and I would say, I mean, Philly was very show as well, but I would say the Yankees and the Dodgers are probably like those two organizations where people are like, I'm in the big leagues now. Right. Mm. Britt, I, I love your idea for Trevor doing uh, the worst franchise list, but he, uh, we try to get him to do extra work, and he's just kind of not built differently. He's kind of built the same. So hopefully <laughs> hopefully we can get him to do that. Uh Right, you're you're you just got to spring training. You mentioned how that you now the the 24 hours you have to check in with the teams, which is a little ridiculous. But we'll start getting into some of the more fun baseball stuff. What what's what's your spring training visit? You're most excited to check in in for this year? Like, what was the one when you were coming down on the plane? You're like, all right, um, I need to see this. Well, I want to go to Yankees camp and see the what is it? The gas, uh, the Velo Garage, yes. the gas station. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's what it is. Uh, I'd also like to go to West Palm Beach and see if Eric Cressy will let me use the gym because that used to be a highlight of spring training. Um, so, Eric, if, or if someone is listening to this, Eric, I'll be calling you soon. As soon let as I get in. to the state, please let me in. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I think the Yankees thing is cool. I think the Velo thing in general, and I have a story I'm working on that's coming out soon about organizations, which ones are really good at improving Velo and which ones are drafting guys who throw upper 90s and then a few years later they've actually lost velocity mm. i think that's what you're going to start seeing now is you know the teams that are able to draft a guy who doesn't throw mm -hmm. that hard and add the velocity are getting that value right so you're seeing like the cubs have the pitching lab and you're seeing all these things kind of come out now where teams are really trying their best to you know get two to three if you can get two to three miles an hour on 
you know, 10 guys fastballs, that's a huge difference. So I want to go to Yankees camp. Uh, I want to see how like that's kind of shaking out. And also like when the Yankees are healthy, I know you guys are, you guys are probably like, God damn it. We got a guest on. No, this, this is perfect. but that lineup, to me, if they stay healthy, it is just insane. Um, I want to go to Blue Jays camp if they'll let me there because I think that they have a lot of young guys and they kind of got good like a year early. And I want to see like is Vlad is Vlad Guerrero Jr. really that skinny? Was it really just the arena? Skinny you know? Vlad. Uh, this is best shape of my life season, and usually I would go around and talk to guys and see who actually looks like they're in good shape or who's just like lost five pounds and they're going to put fifteen back on. You just, know, just like, walk by him, <laughs> size him up, and say. No. Yeah, so, like, that's usually <laughs> what I like to do in spring training because I'm a lifter as well. So, I really enjoy, like, the health, fitness, like, that kind of nonsense. Uh, so, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that, but that's what I would like to do. So, didn't really answer your question, but we talked about the Yankees. So, I feel like that was still a good answer. You made it. And, and you mentioned Cressy, who's a health and, and performance coach and he's working with the Yankees but one of the coolest stories we got last year was from you and Eric Cressy's under league underground baseball camp that he was putting on for any of our listeners that maybe missed that or forgot about it can you just tell some people about what was happening last year during quarantine because I think it's kind of sandlot games with professional professionals is awesome the dream yeah it's like field of dreams kind of shit right um yeah you know, it's funny because that's what kind of how Luke Jackson described it. Like he, he had heard that there was stuff going on at Cressy. So he drove over and he gets out of the car and it's like the who's who of baseball. You know, you got Goldschmidt there, you got Kluber, you got Scherzer, you got Verlander. Um, you just got, you know, Stanton was there. He was rehabbing though. I want to make that clear because people freaked out. They thought <laughs> that Stanton was playing like crazy nine inning games and sprinting. And then, oh my God, his calf's hurt. Um, he was rehabbing. Uh, but it's this huge, huge list of guys, and they're playing legit games at Palm Beach Gardens High School. So can you guys just imagine just being like a high school awesome. kid or whatever, just being like, yeah, let's go use the open field. And then basically like, like just, just, just just seeing all these guys out there and be like, holy shit. Like how did that not leak out in the age of social media? I don't know. Like how – Like oh, actually though, Richard Blyer, all the guys were told like no social media. Richard Blyer – I love Richard Blyer – puts it on his social media and the guys harassed him forever because nobody <laughs> noticed because it was Richard Blyer, right? Like, <laughs> are putting it on the internet. So it actually stayed a secret, even though Richard Blyer posted it. Um, <laughs> Another Yankee great. That's brutal. Yeah. Just because it was Richard Blyer, uh, which is, I, Richard Blyer is great. Um, I really wish um, MLB said no, but he just wanted to put Dick on his um, MLB players jersey last year because mm. it's a nickname for Richard. And shut it down. Um, just a funny, underrated. I'm probably going to get in trouble for like ten things I say on this show. Uh, but uh, anyway, the games were kind of leaked, but not really leaked. Cressy was like, "Hey, listen, if you shut up about this, I'll tell you when it's all over." And he did, true to his word, he did tell me about it all. But just a really cool thing while everyone was like sitting all in their homes. Not sure what to do. It's dark. It's cold, at least where I was. And just the image of, like, Max Scherzer grunting and, and Goldschmidt, like, giving tips to Blyer as he's throwing to him is pretty cool. And, um, oh, you know who was there at that game that I didn't write about? Um, who's the guy who had the walk-off for Tampa Bay that ruined the Yankees season? Phil- I know you guys oh. know. Well, now you've balanced it Brasso. out. Brasso. Now you've balanced out the Yankees talk. Now I, I blocked that from my memory. Bro. Was a God, what an guy. So when he hits that – Cressy texts me and he's like, 
God, I'm so, I'm so like torn. Like I'm, I'm sad the Yankees are out, but Brasso was the secret baseball game guy. Like there's just kind of like a full. Mm. That's what um, they refer to it as a secret, the secret baseball game. Secret baseball. Yeah, game. and um, I guess it's after badass. that, Goldschmidt, Goldschmidt like reached out to Brasso after that hit because they had become friends from secret baseball days. So it's kind of like this cool little story that um uh, I never got to tell, like the follow up. But yeah, the Yankee season was ruined by a secret baseball game guy. So wow. sorry about that. Man. All right, let's oh, change it. Was, to that was coolest, it was the coolest story that came out last that year. That was Bridgeroli with The Athletic. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> let's talk about JBJ. Uh, he, yeah. JBJ. Yeah, is bad. See ya. <laughs> JBJ joined uh, the Brewers today on a two-year deal. There's an opt-out. could be a one-year deal if he does take the opt-out. Uh, the Brewers, we, we've talked to some people around the Brewers, and, and they've said that, you know, they like they're like top heavy on both sides of the of the ball, and then they really wanted to focus on their defense. So they brought in Colton Wong, and now they have JBJ and Kane's going to move to left. Um, I don't know. We haven't really discussed this, Britt. I'll let you go first. Do you have any uh, gut reactions or thoughts about this move? I think it's a good move. I think the Brewers are going to be better than people realize. Like they didn't have this like huge splash, right? They tried for some guys, but didn't ultimately end up getting like a big name per se. Um, but I think when you look at Colton Wong, like I thought he was going to be a good addition no matter where he went, like an underrated, nobody talks about defense anymore, right? Like an mm-hmm. underrated defensive player. I think adding JBJ already, I think they were favored by the Pakota projections to win their division. Yep. Um, this to me puts them even more out in front. I think if they stay healthy, like besides their depth remains a little bit of an issue. I think that's always an issue with small market teams. Like if everyone stays healthy, their starters are really good, but what they don't have and what those deep payroll gets you are like the better backups, right? The better 26th man, 27th man, whatever it may be. Uh, but the, I would not sleep on the Brewers. I think they're going to be a really good team. And I think this was a good move for JBJ. And also now you look at the Red Sox and it's like the golden years are truly over. I saw you guys posted like a picture with him and Mookie Betts. Um, someone else was in that too, I think. But it's like, man, I was going to go to Fort Myers and I'm trying to figure out like, who do I care about on that Red Sox team? Ben Intendi was the three Bs. It was Ben Intendi, Betts, and uh, Bradley. Bradley. Yeah. yeah. Trevor Jake, say who she should care about on the Red Sox. You know exactly who I want you to say. Who do you? Bobby Dahlbeck? Yes. Oh, my God. He's a pisser. <laughs> Tra- He's been going off. Have you been watching any of the spring training games? I did see that, Trev. Already. I yeah. did see that. Spring yeah. training homers. Trev, where, where are you at with your brew cruise? Are you, are you coming around? We're always believers in the brew crew. This is what we say about the brewers, Britt. Tell me if you think this is the – of how their organization runs things. They always like to see where they're at in the middle of the season. They have their guys. They know they're going to be competitive. And then, like you said, if they stay healthy, they're in the race. They're not afraid to add at the deadline. But they rarely ever come into a season a juggernaut. They are, they, you know, kind of find uh, victories in the margins. And like I said, if they're there, come, you know, June, July, they'll go get somebody. I, I feel the same way about this team. We've talked, Braun's one of my buddies. He's thinking he could come back in July. He doesn't want to play until then, so he could be a, an addition for them. It's pretty much the only place he'll do that for. Um, but then, yeah, like as far as depth, I think that's when they can acquire depth is, is at that point. But they're never out of it. They always they have this culture there. It's like they hang on, they hang on, they hang on. And lately it's been like September they go. So we'll see how it goes. I have the Cardinals as my favorite in the division. Um, but the Brewers are 
they're just always right there. And when you got Yelly and some of the guys they have, I mean, like you said, they're top heavy and they can add the depth when they need to add the depth. Yeah. I mean, what's crazy to me about the Cardinals being like favored is they only made one move. I know it was Arenado. <laughs> the big well, move. Exactly. But like, what else? they really didn't do anything else. I like so Cam. Hicks back. So I if he doesn't play well. Then what Hicks, 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 Hicks will be back. That's a you know back end of the bullpen type guy. That's another kind of I guess an addition, if you will, because he wasn't there last year. Well, I think I think they're of Flaherty. I I love the Cardinals. Sorry. The the one other thing that uh, they did do was they moved Fowler, um, which we thought was going to be the them shedding more space to add someone else. Instead, it was kind of it wasn't that they were eating the salary just to get rid of them and it's to give their young guys a chance to give Tyler O'Neill Carlson so that's kind of that's kind of the other part with that Cardinal story yes they brought in Arenado and those corners Goldschmidt and Arenado you can't beat that uh but man if they have one or two of those young guys step up that changes the whole dynamic of that team so I'm 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 interested to see because I've I think it's always funny one of the things we say here a lot is that you know your team better than us like if I give a the full Tyler O'Neill scouting report. I'm just going to be talking out my ass, so I'm not going to do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. I love Tyler O'Neill. You know that. I know you do. Short King, right? Short, Short thick. King. He's Jack. I love that. Unlike you, he's Jack. Okay. Jake's been Jack once. The jab. Yeah, I was in shape in like 2013 for a little bit. It was awesome. Wait, can I ask? Can I ask Britt the next question, please? Sure. Okay. So, obviously, you were with the Orioles for a long time. Mm-hmm. I just did a video. First, I don't know if you saw, but I need to get some pats on the back. I fixed Gary Sanchez's swing. Just right here. Two homers now in spring training. Thank you, Yankees fans. I appreciate I it, Trev. He's, he's my favorite player, and I like when he's Is good. Is there a guy that gets more like hate from his hometown fan base than him? No. 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 We love We support Gary. I fixed his swing. He's back. Anyway, <laughs> so I did that. It was successful. And then I said, you know what? I got I got another guy I need to do. And I think you know where I'm going with this, Chris okay. Davis. Yes. I just did a video. I haven't released it yet. It's going to come out next week. Add sequence. Check it out. What, in your opinion, I found some mechanical stuff. In your opinion, like what was, what was the start of the decline and why did it happen so quickly? Yeah. I, it's interesting. I think I still think to this day that most of the problems are not physical with him. I think mm-hmm. it's mostly a case of like mental because you go back to his Rangers days and they mess with his head and he mm-hmm. was kind of, I mean, I don't know. I don't think I have to tell you that like the Rangers <laughs> can do that. And yeah. they, they kind of had him ticketed as that four a guy and he got to Baltimore and their buck was like, listen, we're playing you every day. I don't care if you suck or not. Like we don't have anyone else. And he kind of settled in. So I think a lot of it is a mental stuff with him. Like if he gets going again and has a good month, I think he could be, he could take off again, he could go on a run. Um, but I think a lot of it, it for him is believing, and, and it sounds like total BS because we hear this kind of stuff all the time from players. But like Trevor, as you can test, like this game is so mental. And I think he's had so many hitting coaches, he's made so many tweaks. Every spring he comes in and he's trying something different, which is also like best shape of my life. It's the same thing. Yes. Um, I think it has got to be between his ears because he's in good shape. He's not a guy who like gets fat or gets out of shape. He's not a guy who's, who's really changed in terms of physique too much over the past few years. I honestly think it's between his ears. And if he starts to get going, um, he really could at least salvage some of that contract. And he's a great guy. I really like Chris Davis. I really hope 
he can salvage some of it because he's become a punchline in Baltimore. Um, less so now because people don't care as much about the Orioles, but like at the tail end of when they were good and when he was nose diving, it was, Oh God, Chris Davis, this Chris yes. Davis, that, um, people have kind of just, I guess, dealt with it. Um, I think it's sure been forgotten. Funny. I think like the app to him. Do you need his phone number? You should definitely send him this video. I, He's the guy I, I hope it gets to him. I really He'll kick do. your ass, Trav. Yeah. I touched, I touched on what you're talking about as well. It, Hitting obviously is very, very mental. Like you have to be confident. If you're not confident, you're going to get blown up every time you get in the box. Just how it is. And from all accounts, I don't know Chris that well. I played against him, obviously. Everyone says he's a hard worker and he's always doing something. So like when people say he's lazy, and I understand why they say that, uh, because Gary's kind of has the same uh, demeanor almost. Like they're trying. It's, it's just like they have a laid back demeanor out there people used to say that about me too like oh the california boy he must be lazy it's not it's just i don't have to scream and yell and be so pissed off all the time like that's not how i was raised or whatever but from all accounts chris works really hard so yes mentally he needs to get going i i had i think two or three mechanical things that i saw that i think he needs to do what are but they? mentally for sure i can't i she can't, can't, can't wow. spoil oh brit we don't get like a preview you don't get like a tease I know I have one one big thing he should do, Trev. Okay, my, tell me. Change his swing. He doesn't need to change his swing. Because his swing's been the same. His swing's the same as it was in 2013 and 2015 uh, as it is now. There's a little bit of thing. I'll, okay, I'll give you my first my first note on him is posture. Posture in the box. That was the first thing I saw. It's a little bit different. It needs a change. I elaborate more on my video, but yeah, I think um I was just curious if there was like a, an instance that you saw or they talked about in that clubhouse like that happened with him, but it was, you're kind of saying it was more like a slow gradual. Yeah. And I think it's confidence because like when he's going well, he's the guy who's like shirtless walking through with like a big jug of like water, drinking it, making jokes with people. Like he's a big confidence. We always joke around he'd be a great politician because like he's got like the Texas drawl and he's got this huge presence and he's a really mm -hmm. good speaker. Um, and I, I really think a lot of it is confidence and he's been so beaten down now by yes. all of it, you know, by people saying he's just collecting the money or, you know, he, whatever was cheating and now he's not like, there's just been like this barrage of like shit thrown at him that I think now it's almost like, well, might as well just ride it, ride it out till it's done. Like all his friends are gone. Like how many Orioles, you know what? You guys are big Yankees fans. How many Orioles can you name? Not Chris Davis. Can you name three? Yes. Renato Nunez. John Means. Aus Hayes. Mountcastle. If we weren't Austin doing this Hayes. podcast, it'd okay. be much yeah. harder. Yeah, we, we know him because we do, we do stuff like that. But I know what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, they're like faceless. Like all of his friends are gone. You know, like they've traded away that whole core of the team that like when I was there. Trey. Was we said good. You know, they were people like forget that they were actually good for, I would say Very five. Very good. There. Those Buckiers. Um, so I think that's part of it too. It's like. Okay, who's hitting anywhere near him now? Like, oh, you guys didn't even mention Trey Mancini. It's like the we most well-known We were trying to show off. We were trying to do – that's why I went Austin Hayes. I was like, yeah, you know, he can hit a little bit. Like, whatever. Yeah, we were going oh. Pat Vileka and Thomas oh, Eshelman. <laughs> you guys, that was pretty good. I mean, someone asked me to name five Marlins last year, and that was tough. The rotations – you got rotations out with Pablo and Sixto and yeah. um, who's Ryan there? Anderson. Alcantara. Something. I mean, this is like kind of our job, so we're getting better. Marlon Marte. <laughs> them going to the playoffs helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Watch them a little more, but yeah. Who's our, who's our first baseman? Koopa Loop? 
Coop. Our guy Miggy Rojas has a show on the network. I think we, well, we stumbled into something there. I like a Chris Davis resurgent that Trevor can claim, and then he can run for mayor of Baltimore, and he can speak about the highs and lows, and he's donating and stuff. I love that. Um, Britt, we have uh, we have a Patreon, and we have uh, our members. They give us uh, a donation. Is that what we call it? I don't know. Well, they get a lot in return. It's just like kind yeah. of like uh, it's patrons. So we, we have patrons, and we always, whenever we have a guest, we let them know ahead of time, and we let them submit some questions. So we have some questions from patrons specifically for you. So uh, okay, uh, Corbin Simons. I think I'm getting that name right. Uh, he asked, should should the MLB make a salary floor? Um, and you know, he goes in and he starts talking about the variety of teams that are spending their money or not spending their money. And you know, if I don't know if you wanted to speak on that or if you wanted to spin it to the upcoming CBA and maybe something that you you'd like to add if if you were in the room hammering on the table. Okay, so my I I personally think. Uh, you already have a cap, so why not have a floor? However, people who are smarter than me, who I've talked to, like in the commissioner's office or other agents and stuff, have said that there's still it still doesn't really help with parity. Because uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Trigger, but say they say you have to spend a hundred million, all it does is entice them to maybe get one or two big names and then fill the rest out with like lower level guys. So it actually, yeah. like the Bryce Harpers, the Mike Trout's of the world, those guys are still getting paid, right? Even without this. It doesn't actually help the middle class of players. It doesn't actually make or force teams to compete. I think the only thing that forces teams to compete is you start taxing them. You start penalizing them if they miss the playoffs for X amount of years in a row. Mm. I think unless you start taking actual money from them, that instituting a floor is never really going to work unless it's a high enough floor, which the owners are never going to agree to. So that's my main, like it sounds like a great idea in theory, but the closer you get to it, the more you realize it doesn't actually, it's like putting a Band-Aid on a, a bullet like wound. It doesn't actually fix the problem. I love a loser's tax. Like if you're like under 500, five seasons in a row, you get start getting taxed. And then that sixth season, you're going to see people like, okay, crap. It's, we got to get a winning season under our belt here. Exactly. I don't think it's, I don't think money will do it. Money is like the tax. I like the idea of like a penalty, but I don't think a tax does it. Cause I mean, this the worst kept secret in all of baseball is these teams have money to spend. They're not poor. Like they have money. Money is not the issue. I think it's, it's the draft. And in, how about this international money, international spending money. When you start taking draft capital away from these teams and you start, or at least at least at the very least stop rewarding them mm-hmm. for finishing last, right? Take some draft capital away. And then some of that international, what do they call it? Like the, pool bonus pool. i don't know what they yeah. call that international spending money take some of that away because that's where they love they well, love that money that that needs to be figured out because someone one of our yankees listeners asked us like why don't the yankees care about the draft i said because they care they can they can just get gary sanchez and they yes. can get luis severino and they can get uh, all these players in the international like the yankees don't care about the draft at all they they right. care about the international the, signing the so if there's a way play, to you look at the best player international player and you sign him for like Three million bucks yeah. when he's young. Right. Look like, at Wallace. I agree. I think it, it's interesting because when I went from the Nationals to the Orioles, like the Nationals don't really care that much about the draft. Um, they certainly don't care about the Rule Five draft because they care about winning. For mm-hmm. the Orioles, it was like their Super Bowl. Like we can get <laughs> players for twenty grand. So it, it's like that, or it's like the ethos of different organizations. I think the the top draft pick has got to go to the team that missed the playoffs, right? The team that the last team that didn't get in. 
Like you remove the teams that came close and fell short. And then you work your way back from there. Like Mm. there should not be, somebody proposed this to me, like why is Michael Elias going to be considered a genius if they tank for five years, build up draft picks, and then stumble into a good season? Is that impressive? Or is that something that we could do as GMs? Yeah. I, you're opening, that's a different, it's a different spin that I, the loser tax and the, if the team that was the best missed the playoff getting the draft, I like it. I mean, I got to wrap my head around it fully, but it's a, it's a totally different Dra- draft thing would get dangerous. If uh, there was a team that was rebuilding and they, if they lose, <laughs> they get the number one pick or if they win, they go to the playoffs and they get run over by the Dodgers. Like the right, like right now, or right now, would you rather be, would you rather make the playoffs and lose or be one out and get. Kumar Rocker, you yeah. know, like that would get, but that's interesting. I like you still got to be good. You got to get yourself to get to that. It's, position. Yeah. it's a, you need to do a lottery. Then a lottery is what they need to do. Just like the NBA has. I, I mean, you can't reward last place with the first overall pick, especially in a year like this. Like you're talking Kumar Rocker is going to, he's going to the pirates, right? Like they shouldn't be rewarded for that. Like maybe if they get lucky in the lottery, okay. But at least every team, should be or whatever how many teams should be in the lottery whatever it is have a chance at that guy i think rewarding the losing is 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 essentially killing payrolls in the game yeah i like that it's an interesting conversation and spin on it all we have a, another question from the patron this one comes from Kristen, who asked clearly it is unfair that female reporters have to worry about being harassed or having their intentions misre- misrepresented on the job in light of that how have you built relationship with coaches and players? What strategies worked for you? Or just some general advice for uh, young women that want to go into this field? Um, what has worked for me? Um, I like to lift, lift heavy weights. Um, I, I like to, I think that helps. It's like, I've always kind of thought of myself as a bro. Like, okay. hey, let's do protein shakes and deadlifts. Like I'm in. Um, oh, yeah. I started at Michigan State. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I've been an athlete. Uh, so to me, it was never like, Oh, I had a lot of male friends. I still have a lot of male friends. It was never like, oh boy, how do I fit in in this group? Mm. No, I think right away it was kind of like, okay, like she's one of us. She's fine. Like I, I have had in bad interactions, but to me, what's been nice is the longer, the old, first off, the older you get, you kind of age out. It's like, I'm 35 now. Like, I'm older than pretty much all of you. Like no one is hitting on me anymore. You know, like you, you have phased out of that phase. Um, so I think that helps. Also, I just like the first year or two when I was like 21, 22, and I was like their age, um, you know, I would, the, the, the thing that no one tells you is you get thrust into this job where your coworkers are 50 years old, white, male, mostly, Miserable. and then you have players and it's like, well, who am I supposed to be friends with here? Right. So, mm. um, so I was their age. So I was friends with players. I would go places with players, but, and, and I guess that would look bad in the optics of 2021. But like to me, um, I think the more they got to mo- know me, the more they were like, okay, cool. Brittany's cool. Like she's fine to go to go out to eat with guys or go get jet skiing with guys or meet other guys' families. Like I made it a point to get to know the wives or the girlfriends or the kids um, because those are the ones who feel, I think, the most threatened if they don't know you. Um, so I think that was important. Uh, you know, I, I'm married now, but even when I wasn't, um, it was important that my boyfriend or fiance, whatever he was at the time, was around a lot. So people were like, okay, she's actually here to do her job. I think that's important too. 
but at the end of the day, it's just word of mouth, right, Trevor? I mean, what, it, it's like fifth grade. One guy likes you in that clubhouse and thinks you're okay. If it's the right guy, if it's the veteran, then you're fine. You're really not going to have any problems. Um, I've had instances where a player has, you know, come into a clubhouse and one of the old tried to hit on me or, or just tried to be inappropriate and say some, you know, some, some shit, like not even going to get into specifics, but, um, a veteran was like, listen, Brittany's not like that. Like I've, I've heard people stand up for me. I think that's important too, is to have the buy-in. And that's why I say the players are the least of the problem, because to me, they are, they're the ones that are like, no, we don't tolerate that here. Um, all you need is a couple of really good veterans and it's never a problem. So I don't know if I answered that or not, except um, I really enjoy powerlifting. Um, I enjoy lifting heavy weights, and I always have something to talk about with the guys in there, and I think that helps too. Do so. you really go around and talk like, hey, how much are you cleaning right now? Like, yeah, so what's funny is like <laughs> is it what's funny That's is awesome. the year the Nationals went to the World Series, before I took the job, I told the athletic, like, listen, I've got this powerlifting world world um, championships that I qualified for. It's in Ireland. It's in end of October. They're like, whatever, that's fine. Like the Nats choke in the playoffs every year. <laughs> they were terrible in May. I'm like booking shit, getting all ready. You know, we all know how that ends, right? Like I literally, people are like, I don't know how the athletic didn't fire me, bless their hearts. They let me go to Ireland. I came back and covered the, le- the rest of the World Series. I missed the front end of the World Series in 19 as a beat writer because I went to compete in the um, USA uh, PL World Championships in Ireland. How'd so, you do? I- about that stuff and it's funny because some of them are so competitive like i remember max scherzer one day on the field is like so so um what do you what do you bench and i'm like i, I weigh 130 pounds like what, what do i bench compared to you come on oh uh, you know and he's like well i don't deadlift very heavy so i can't ask you what you deadlift i'm like is max scherzer trying to get into like a, a little competing bit of there, which is like max everything is a competition with that yes. guy should have, should have showed up the next day with one colored contact. Really threw him off. Yeah, I'm playing your game <laughs> now. when I'm interviewing yeah. him. Colors How how'd the competition in Ireland go? Um, terrible. Here's here's a little okay. pro tip for you guys. If you're ever going to compete in a powerlifting world championship, do not um do not cover a baseball team that's in three different cities and up all night. You know, we were in St. Mm. Louis before that. You're, I was traveling. You were in L. A. before that. I felt terrible. Um, I also had to cut weight and make like try to like make sure I was like stay, still in my weight class, even though we were traveling and eating out. Um, I got to Ireland and felt horrible. So mm-hmm. when you know, whenever you guys compete yeah, in Scotland yeah. or you know whatever whatever shit you guys want to compete in, I'll put that in my uh, hate it. my hate, preparing for powerlifting notebook. I hate when yeah. I have to go overseas for my lifting stuff. It just <laughs> my sleep yeah, cycles are off. Allergies get messed up. My real job gets in the way of my powerlifting. Yeah. And that, what have you been doing now during quarantine when no gyms are open? Do you have your own home setup or what? No, we've still been going to the gym. I mean, they've been open for the most part. Um, okay. I had a friend who has a garage gym, so we lifted there for a little while. Um, but yeah, I've still been going. And then, of course, down here in Florida, it's just a free for all. Like, wash your hands, as they told me today. And it's like, okay, I'm washing my hands, but I'm looking at the equipment in this like strongman gym, and that's the least of my concerns is what's on my hands. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Hey, we need. I'll bro out with you. I'll go do some some cleans with you. Let's go do it. Trevor runs twelve miles every day. Some Olympic lifting. The Olympic lifting, we do pull-ups. I can do 19 pull-ups in a row, strict pull-ups, no, like, kipping nonsense. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I think I got you in pull-ups. I, I don't know about that. I haven't, I haven't, like, Olympic lifted in quite some time. Me neither. We used to, we used to do it in the off-season a lot. So I can squat 300 at a body weight of 130, which is pretty good. 
It depends. You're asking me what I squat? Yeah. Back in the day, it depends. Like, I, we only did three rep max. It's not back in the day, Trev. Right, right now, now Trev. It's not much right now. Yeah. Plus, I don't, ha I don't have a squat. There's no gyms open here. I don't no. have a squat rack. We, I mean, we're doing a, a ton of free weight stuff, body weight stuff right now. Yeah, no, and uh, I'm doing it on a driveway. So. All right. Yeah, California's tough. My, uh, my family lives in San Diego. And they've got, like, the garage gym set up otherwise. So my sister, my younger sister, is even better than I am. She deadlifts 450 pounds, which is a little bigger, but 450 pounds is like 150 pounds which is, wow. yeah. It's a California state record. You should look her up, Trevor. Really? Wow. Hell yeah. That's Big eight rollies are. I didn't know this. Uh, I was speaking of how soft Trevor is. We have a Patreon yeah. question from Kevin B here. It says, Britt, how can Trevor Plouffe have any credibility when he doesn't pick the Dodgers once for any of his top team draft? Wow. My answer is he cannot. He okay. Cannot That's a tough break yeah. for you, Trev. Specifically I like for you. Trevor Plouffe stuff. He's got a lot of good takes. <laughs> Thank you, Ron Darling. Thank you, Ron Darling. <laughs> I mean, how can he have credibility? You can't tell me he's one rep max squat, you know, guys? Yeah. 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 We never did. We were not allowed to do a one rep max squat. Who never. was watching? Oh. Our trainer was just, that's what he said. You gotta, if you can't do it three times, you can't do it. I've been doing a lot of natural body weight work. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, I, I th also think, you know, look, <laughs> Olympic lifting was part of people's routines is not as much anymore in baseball but he didn't want us like going because you know you get in that atmosphere and you just want to keep adding and adding and adding and if this guy did that and we broke down it would you know obviously look bad upon him so it was three rep max only oh uh, what about cleans what do you clean i, I couldn't even tell you to be honest with you i don't Zero. i don't remember this was back in 2000 last time i olympic lifted was probably 2015 16 trev doesn't clean yeah. Be it in the kitchen or the weight room. I do clean. I clean too much. No. <laughs> clean too much right That's now. That's not, true. That's <laughs> not true. Anything else we need to know about in spring training? Any other storyline or player that, that you have your eye on that you maybe think the general public doesn't? Ooh. Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think, Michael, I, you know, I want to go to Astros camp. Again, like I can't get close to anybody. Um, I want to go to Astros camp. I want to ask Michael Brantley, like, what the hell happened? Where was he going to sign somewhere else? Like, what happened with that fake, like, report? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Blue Jays uh, thing, yeah. But I, I think he's an, he's an interesting guy in general, and I know he's really quiet and really to himself. But to me, like, I've heard that there's just some great stories about him that have yet to be told. So I would love to do that as well. Um, so, yeah, I would just, I guess, like to travel around and, like, actually talk to people. But instead... Um, I'm in Florida where there actually are no rules except for spring training where we can't get anywhere near anybody. So. And there was yeah. other news out of Astros camp. Uh, Framber potentially out for yep. the season. They're getting double-checked. and uh, that season? Yeah, that's what Heyman said. A Isn't it just his finger does not put his ring finger season. on his left it's hand? throwing hand. the deal? Like, well, it didn't stop three-finger Brown. I'm, I am reporting from John Heyman, which take that for what it's worth. But Yeah. Yeah. I um, mean – that's a huge hit. He was like one of their best guys, especially in the We're play. big like, Framber pod. Yeah, I like Framber a lot. I mean, if I tell you the Houston Astros are down Verlander and Framber, like is Quentin, is Quentin in the new, chat? That's a new team, man. Is our dude Hubner in the chat? Is this true? Yeah, Quentin, come on, tell us, man. Hey, and, why don't you, you just know, tape one finger to the other up. and keep going? <laughs> What's that, Trev? I would do so it. You know who that opens a spot up for if they got these guys on the shelf all year? Uh oh, our boy Jakey Odo. Jakey yo, yeah. Yeah, where's really? he signing? Why are we pumping Trevor for info here? Yeah, Trevor. I I am I can't just stop. 
Don't press me right <laughs> now. Don't press point, me right now. Trav don't, don't strong on me, Britt. So you... <laughs> if I just start guessing random team names. You could guess the teams. There's clear-cut teams that everyone, I feel like, should hmm. have an idea of where he's going. No, well, that doesn't help us. I, I haven't mean, decided yet. Isn't it unsettling for players right now, you would think, to not have a place because of all the... They're going to have to go in quarantine if they sign, right? So they're going to have to... That's what they want you to... That's what they want you to think, Britt. That's what, that's what Kevin Mather said. He said eventually we're they are going to come to us, meaning MLB, with their hat in hand. That's what they want. So I applaud Jake for hanging on. Thank you. Not you. Oh, oh yeah, not Jake. You're, what oh, do you guys no. think about like an actual signing period though? Like every other sport has, where it's a month and then that's it. Like you have to sign between December fifteenth and January fifteenth, and then I, that's it. I'd like it longer than one month, but I would like some firm dates but i don't know what do you do if there's a penalty at the end i yeah. think that only leads to more players coming hat in hand yeah. because right now a lot of teams are like we don't need any veterans like you know would todd frazier have gotten the spot on the pirates to get at batson and like play for a chance to be traded if there was a deadline i, I think that everyone would have just said, no, we're going to run with our rookies because of like, if they fix the tanking and the trying not to win, then the, the cutoff might help both parties. But I think it would only help the the teams right now. I, yeah, I fear. It just sucks because it's like a slow drip. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what if there was like two or three, just huge, like even like weeks. Can you just imagine? Like it'd be exhausting. Like it'd be exhausting for all of us in the media. But it'd be really cool to do like a twenty-four hour like blitz because there's so much shit going on. Yeah, and I just fear that on that last day, five players that are still out there are going to get five offers that are the same exact money at the same exact time and say you got an hour on the clock because it already like it already happened. So, right. but what if you find teams and not players? Like, what if teams get fined? Wouldn't that help? If teams yeah, don't do sign Yeah. If no. there's a benefit to signing early, that would help. Uh, it, it would if they can do it the right way, like what you're saying. If they can find the way to do it the right way that does force the teams to do the issue and get fans of baseball's eyes knowing that something is going to happen, absolutely. I mean, I think it would be so much fun and then if you do leave a gap You've got the month to sign. You've got a two-week gap during the Super Bowl or something, so nobody was looking at baseball anyways. Then those two weeks are all speculation. And it's like, oh, Oda Rizzi's still out there. We just signed him. Now let's sign this guy. Like, I, There is a right way to do it. And uh, I think the first time Michael Kay was mentioned that, to the, we, went to the, we went to the winter meetings that were dead. It was the Vegas year that was Harper and Machado. 20, 2018. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, terrible, right? Yeah, every, uh, in Vegas. Yeah, they're like super exciting. It's the worst week of the year. Um, it was nice when like we got to hang out with people, but signing wise, yeah, San Diego if, was fun. What if you did like all right, November's negotiation month, December you have to sign, January's negotiation month, February you have to sign. Yeah, just like something to like condense it, where it's not like these weeks of nothing and everyone's just complaining that like nothing is happening. the The Machado Harper year was horrible because. As you guys know, in Vegas, like that whole week, I smelled like smoke because there's no escaping those casinos. No actual transactions happened. None. Um, and then you come home and you're like, what did I actually do? But just talk about like <laughs> nonsense, right? Like teams had discussions. Yeah. Well, like no shit. They had discussions. They were all together in the same fucking hotel. Like they have discussions. You know? Doesn't They don't need winter meetings to have discussions. They're all, they all have a yeah. group chat anyway. 
of what players are worth. But it is cool yeah, they go well, like sneaky back back alley ho- hotels and like go from like one room to another. Yeah. Like there was a yeah. path that Cashman walked in Vegas that was like all the backwards to like one hotel to another, and we caught him on that path and said hi and stuff. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was very interesting. We've never interesting. seen anyone in the like in out in the hotel. Let me give you guys a pro tip. This will probably come as no surprise, but I've had better conversations in the gym at the winter meetings. That's where I spend my time because mm. all those executives they're like hitting the elliptical or they're getting some like they're getting their like workout on. Little pansy boys. Only time you see them not flanked by like ten members of the rest of the front office, right? So while it might be a little weird to be talking to guys who are like trying to leg press or whatever, it's literally the only like the only place where I get stuff done. You just start asking them a question and adding more weight. Yeah, exactly. Like two years was it? Two years ago? Two years ago, the hotel gym sucked, and I'm like, forget this. I'm going across the street. It was like some like. LA fitness type thing. Man. And he's there every morning with me, but Joe Girardi, it's like, we had these nice little chats and Joe Girardi's getting his lift on. And otherwise I would have never made that connection. So Popeye. too many people now, everyone's going to be hitting the gym at the winter meetings, but I feel confident given the state of most of the media that it's still probably not going to happen. So, yeah, I mean, I'm now I'm, my head's just running away with us in like bad business suits in the gym with, with mics, microphones, just terrorizing the MLB execs while they Phil try Nevin. to work it. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> Phil Nevin, can you bench press me? Yeah. Be a good time. Hey, Kapler, always in the gym. Uh, it's like the same regular people, right? My manager. My manager. Gave Personal. Him. He does Trev's <laughs> finances. Yeah, he literally was my manager. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Britt, thank you very much for joining us. We hope you enjoy the rest of spring training. This was a blast. Um, and, uh, yeah, everyone go follow. And, and you got a big story coming up? Yeah, can we what tease anything? Um, the velocity one, as I yeah. mentioned, and then of course, like we're continuing to investigate. I think this is not the end of the Mickey Callaway fallout. So keep it posted on that. Hopefully some fun baseball stuff. Hopefully guys will let me near a player. I mean, yeah. even if I have to wear a spacesuit, hopefully I get near a player here over the next couple of days. I think it's more right. interesting if you do wear a spacesuit. Yeah. Go with the spacesuit. I want to do three things. When we, when we end up uh, seeing each other this year, first thing, big high five. Okay. Or elbows if you were still doing that whole thing. And then push-up challenge, and then we're going to crush a protein shake together, and that's it. We're going to bond forever. I like. It. I need to know, are you a whey protein guy? Well, I'm a whatever protein guy, just okay. protein. Okay. All right, we're good then. Definitely. Any we'll protein. Soy. You didn't say we were going to lift together. Soy. Yeah, you know. He... No, I'm scared to lift with you. Trev's hard. Trev's puts, Trev puts a straw in a peanut butter jar and just drinks it. Yeah. Ooh. I mean. Built different. Yeah. I like it. I like uh, it. Awesome. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. We play some outro music and uh, bob our heads. You're welcome to join or you can just bounce, but I'm going to start it right now. You got to bounce. Okay. No, no, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> nice. Jake sucks. Thanks, Brett. This kind of goes for a while, so you can.